0: Hey, welcome to Discovery Church. We're beginning a brand new series today called Hope is Alive. If you were with us last Sunday, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, it was the first ever Easter experience where we weren't packed in auditoriums and worship centers and churches all across this nation, and the gospel still went out. We had 47 people who filled out a connection card, said that they gave their life to Christ. So that's worth celebrating. Put up your emoji hands. Give God some praise right there for what he did online this last Easter. What an amazing experience. And to follow up Easter with, I believe, an appropriate and timely message, hope is alive. Our nation needs hope. I think our church needs hope. I think hope is, is probably the, the most needed thing in our world, in our hearts, in our homes today. Um, what we need to realize about about God, though, is he never really promised that there would not be trouble. He didn't promise. Actually, he promised the opposite. He said that, that there would be trouble, but that he would give us something, offer us something solid to grab hold of in the midst of it, that we wouldn't be shaken by the trouble of the world. And one of the things that God has to offer is something called hope. Hope. I want to kind of help teach you and hope and define it for you and help you kind of grab hold of something that almost seems intangible. I want to help you define it, feel it, know it, see it, sense it, and grab hold of it today and in this series. Um, Jeremiah 29 and 11 is a very familiar verse. A lot of you are familiar with this verse. Uh, what you may not know is in the book of Jeremiah, it comes at a time in a season of Babylonian captivity. Where there was, it was a dark season. They were, they were the people of God. They were taken captive, and in fact, Jeremiah chapter 29 is a dark chapter. Um, In this season, there was a lot of prophets prophesying peace and deliverance, and Jeremiah comes along and he says, "Nope, that's not going to happen. In fact, it's going to get worse. The suffering is going to get worse." So, in the middle of a dark season, in a dark chapter, we get a very well lit verse for us Jeremiah 29:11 says for I know this is God speaking here for I know and and almost in contrast because he's kind of saying cuz you don't and and you may not know at times you don't know and I don't know but in those times and seasons where it's dark and it's difficult and it's challenging we you cannot rest in what you know We need to rest in what God knows. And he's telling us he's got, like, you may not know, but I know some things. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. That's what God has for you. He wants you to know that. He's letting you inside. Although you may not see some things, I'm working out plans of good, plans of a future and a hope hope though always looks to the future with confident expectation this is this is a biblical hope in contrast to the the world's definition of hope the world's definition i looked it up in 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 webster's dictionary it's like so far away from what god has to say about hope like the world's definition of hope is like wishful thinking Like it's this pie-in-the-sky idea or thought, like your birthday blow-out-the-candles kind of wish, like I wish I was driving a Porsche kind of thing. You have no way of making it come to life, of making it a reality. It's just a wishful thought. That's not the kind of hope that God is talking about here, and it's not blind optimism where you're just kind of like, like turning a blind eye, living in denial of the reality, and, and, and like, just think happy thoughts. Like, don't be negative. Just don't be negative and think happy thoughts and good things will happen to you. Well, that's not how life works. And that's not hope. That's not the hope that God has to offer us. I, I, I read a poster that was on a, a grocery store building. It said, lost dog, please return if found. Blind in the right eye, left ear torn off, missing a leg, and has a broken tail recently castrated and answers to the name lucky I don't care how optimistic you are okay lucky ain't lucky that's blind optimism this is this is biblical hope it's it's the hope that God speaks about is based upon God's word the hope is 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 based upon God's character you see when we lose hope what that means is that we've lost sight of God's word. When you lose hope, and if you've lost hope today, what that means is, is you've lost sight of God's character and of his word and of his promises in your life. When we lose hope, you lose a vision of your future that fills you with confidence. We get stuck in the present circumstances, the present reality that we can't lift up our head and see beyond our current Sufferings. Hope is always anticipating where you're going. It's not looking to where you've been and it's not taking into consideration where you are. It's an expectation, it's an anticipation of a better outcome. Hope is like the front windshield of your car. It's big, it's broad, it provides a big vision of where you're going. Don't spend your time looking in the rear view mirror. Spend your time looking forward into the future. God has for you psalm 71 says this but i will keep hope alive come on will you just comment that in the section right there will you declare that even right where you are i will keep hope alive that's what i'm hoping to do today and in this series to to bring hope back to life or maybe to keep that flicker of hope Alive and the psalmist here tells us how he says i'm gonna praise my praise will grow Exponentially that as it gets darker. My praise is gonna get louder As 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 it gets more difficult i'm gonna praise god all the more as it gets more challenging I'm gonna shout all the more with praises. See some of you are losing hope Because you're fighting wrong You're just fighting the wrong way. There's this song I love by Upper Room called Surrounded. Some of you may know the song. It it has this declaration that it repeats. It says, this is how I fight my battles. That I'm going to praise and worship. See, I don't fight like the world fights. I fight with praise. That as this world gets more challenging and difficult and shaking, I'm going to praise exponentially. That praise is a weapon of warfare in times Of worry. I will praise exponentially that as my level of pain increases, my level of of praise will increase all the more. He says, I'm going to grow my praise as I experience pain. I will bear witness to your merciful acts. So he's declaring things that are not as though they were. He's saying, look, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to witness it. I'm going to witness that. I'm going to speak it before it even happens. Throughout the day, I will speak of all your ways, God. Now, he's talking about declaring the character of God. I'm going to tell him about the ways you deliver. I'm going to tell, I'm going to speak about your faithfulness. I'm not going to let my mind forget of how you've delivered me, of how you've been faithful, of when you've come through. I'm going to speak those things. Although, I admit, I do not know the entirety of either. He says, look, I'm going to keep hope alive. I'm going to let my praise grow exponentially. As it gets darker, I'm going to praise even more. I'm going to witness. I know it. I know it. I don't know how, but I know I'm going to witness your merciful acts. And I'm going to remind myself. I'm going to declare your deliverance of my past. But, but then he does this. This is how you want to keep hope alive in your life. He says, I don't understand how it's actually gonna happen. I admit it. I admit that I'm not in Control that there's a surrender to this thing that I don't have to understand it I know God that you are faithful no matter what God let me show you why this topic is so important psalm 13 verse 12 says a hope that is deferred A, a hope that is deferred meaning defer means this to withhold for or until a stated time so a hope that is that that is deferred that that if i defer my if i withhold my praise if i withhold my witness if i withhold my words from declaring a hope that is deferred makes the heart sick it does something on the inside of us and there is a pandemic right now happening where people are sick all around the world and this virus, this coronavirus, is attacking mostly people's lungs. And that's what's happening a lot right now. But hopelessness attacks your heart. It, 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 so the, the death you experience is not a physical death. Maybe not at first. Not at first it isn't. But it's a spiritual death. An emotional death. A, a, a sickness that will affect and infect every area of your life and your relationships. And in this series... I want to talk about the areas of your life that need hope that no matter what is happening around the world please hear me it doesn't matter what happens in this world that you could have something in your life that enables you to stand strong and stands firm in the midst of it I want to help you out though because some of you are here today you're listening today and and you're experiencing hopelessness and maybe you can't put your finger on it because it is it's hard to even sometimes identify and maybe we don't even want to admit that that's happening cuz so so here's what I want to do I want to I want to share with you some symptoms of hopelessness that that when we become hopeless we start to feel or experience some things and maybe today you're experiencing one or a combination of these symptoms of hopelessness. Write write these down because when you begin to feel hopeless, here's what happens. You start to to get disoriented. There's a disorientation that happens where you where you just don't know where you are. Where, where you're like I don't know where I am, I don't know where I'm going. You kind of feel lost in this. And the interesting thing about about disorientation when you're in a storm or when you're in pain and trial, is when it's somebody else, when, when somebody else is experiencing a problem um, and they come to you, like it's so easy to see. And I know you can experience this with your family, with your friends, with the people that have come to you with advice. They come to you and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. They're all disoriented. I don't know what to do. I'm just so confused. What do I go here? Or do I go there? Do I say yes to it? Am I, am I supposed to go this? I don't know what to do. And you're on the, on the outside looking and going, man, it's so easy. What are you talking about? No, man, here's what you need to do. You need to do step one, step two, step three. Come on, it's so clear. Let me pray for you. Just do one, two, three, man. And it seems easy when we're not the one going through it. But you just put yourself in that situation. Put yourself there. And it's so hard to see, isn't it? When we're in it, like we don't know what to do. You can't see. Everybody else sees it clearly now. That's because there's a disorientation that happens when there's hopelessness. I don't know where I am, I don't know where I'm going, and I don't know what to do. I looked up the word hope in in the Bible. I often do that when I, when I am studying for a message in a series I'll, I'll, I'll do you know I'll look up all the verses on certain topics and I read every verse in the Bible that has the word hope in it and, and what I found is the Bible has a lot to say about hope, but there is one book of the Bible that actually says it a lot and it's the book of the book of Job and Job is a character is a person who if you don't know Job he had all hell break loose on his life he lost his family he lost his possessions he lost his his health he was in so much pain the bible says like head to toe covered in sores he got so desperate and was so confused that he he was the bible says he got broken pieces of clay and he was scraping off his skin. Man, this guy was messed up. And when he uses the word hope, when, like in the, Bible, in the in the book of Job, when he used the word hope, he wasn't using it like he had it. He was using it like he was looking for it. Job seventeen, verse thirteen. He says, "Where then is my hope? Who can see any hope for me? Like I don't get, like in this situation. I mean, I can't understand where my hope." Can come from and maybe you feel that way today maybe you look at your job and you say i don't know how i'm going to fix this how i'm going to provide maybe you look at your marriage or your situation and you say man i don't understand how i'm going to fix this or get through this and there's this confusion there's a disorientation that's happening um years ago when i was a um a kid a young kid we went to the channel islands With uh, with my aunt, my uncle, my entire family, we went on their boat and went and visited. And I'd never been like out to sea, and it was a very cool thing. I was excited about it until the land disappeared. It like it curved off the the face of the earth. It was it was, and all there was to see was water. And then we get to we had some fun at. at, the island. And then we got back in the boat and, and I started to freak out a little bit because my uncle who was the, the operator of the boat started to travel off. And I was thinking that he was going in the wrong direction. I was freaking out. I'm like, how do you know which way to, which way to go? You're leading us out to the middle of the ocean to be eaten by jaws. This is not, this ain't good. This is not good at all. Because when, when we get away from the things that we're standing on, on the, the things that we're grounded to. And see, that's what hap- that's what happens like like even now. What you're probably identifying in hopelessness and disorientation is that you just moved away from the things that you were standing on and grounded to because those things were not eternal. Those things that we were putting our hope in were not were not really hopeful. They didn't provide for us when we got a little bit further away. You don't even know where you are. Maybe that's where you're at today That's this hopeless feeling this disorientation the second thing that hopelessness produces Is where there's a drifting Where we feel like we're just drifting away from where we're supposed to be Um, Some of you today you're you're drifting consciously Like you know it, you know you're drifting and it might be because you're disappointed with god Like God didn't come through for you when you thought he would come through, and you're bailing out on him. You're like, forget you, God. If you're not going to show, if you're not, I I met, I spoke to a woman years ago who was so disappointed in God. She was praying for a miracle for a family member, and it didn't happen. Uh, Her loved one, you know, went on to be with the Lord, and she had this attitude that, God, if you didn't come through for me when when I thought you should, that's it. I'm just going to pull away. And some of, you, some of you are listening online right now. Like you're listening, but you're not here. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you're listening, you're here, but you're not like here. You're just watching to please somebody, you know, maybe sitting next to you or in the room. You're going through the motions and you know that you're consciously drifting because of some disappointment. For others of you, you're, you're, it's like an unconscious drifting. On that same trip to the Channel Islands, that beach trip, I remember getting on a boogie board for the very first time, and we were out there with my cousins, and I was waiting for a wave. For a long time, we are out there waiting, waiting for the waves, and, and I looked back after a while, and I noticed I drifted, we all did, about 100 yards away from the shore. Again, freak out moment, because I started hearing, dun-un, dun-un. Donna Donna not real. like in my head. I was hearing that and I started Hyperventilating a little bit and and we drifted now look my family didn't drift from where they were It's just sometimes the storms sometimes the waves They have a tendency to push and to pull you to cause you to drift from where you know You should be and by the way before you start beating yourself up or thinking differently about this we all have the tendency to drift. Every one of us, we have this natural inclination, this pull to drift away from the things of God. Isaiah 53 and six says it like this, that we all, every single one of us, like sheep have gone astray. We've all drifted and each of us has turned to his own way. And if you've ever gone astray, if you've ever done that, if you have ever drifted, gone astray from something that was like solid and safe, it, it It really is, man. It's like a hopeless feeling. Some symptoms of hopelessness, disorientation, drifting. Here's another one, another symptom you may be experiencing today, and that's discouragement. Discouragement, where discouragement can be debilitating if you let it be. It can cause you to to give up trying, to give up hoping, to give up caring. Discouragement, you get so discouraged that you just give up even believing anymore. We get so hopeless. Exodus chapter 6 Verse 9, it says that Moses told the people what the Lord was telling him that, that, that we were going to be delivered, that God had heard their cries and they were finally going to be delivered from their slavery in Egypt. Moses told the people what the Lord had said, but they wouldn't listen anymore because they had become too discouraged by the increasing burden of their slavery. And maybe that's where you're at today. You've just, you've just been carrying this burden for so long and, and drifting for so long that, that it, like people, people can't even encourage you anymore. They try. They try to uplift you, and it's like just hitting a stone wall and a stone heart. And it's almost even hard for you to hear the word of God to be encouraged. That's a symptom of hopelessness, that we're carrying the burden so long we can't receive anymore. I'm just trying to help you identify that where maybe... Hopelessness is creeping in so that we can keep hope alive in this season And maybe you identify with with the disorientation where maybe you don't know what to do You don't know where you're at you feel a little bit lost Or maybe there's a drifting that's happening where you find yourself far away from where you where you know you should be or Or maybe it's discouragement hard to receive from God and others But this fourth symptom is by far the worst and that's where we get to this all-out despair where where we just kind of have a give-up-itis, where we kind of just begin to check out, check out on, on our commitments, check out on our responsibilities, check out on, on, on our marriage, check out on our relationships, that we just begin to check out on, on life, just sick of it, just sit where we get sick of it all. And again, before you think that this is unique to you, where you feel like, oh my gosh, no one knows what I'm going through right now, and you feel like you're alone, Please, this is not unique to you. It abs- Even the, the, one of the greatest men who have ever lived, in my opinion, the, the Apostle Paul, who, was the, who wrote two-thirds of your New Testament, got to this place of despair. Check it out in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. He says, we were under such great pressure. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you just feel like the pressure of, of the pandemic far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. Paul said, I just wanted to die. I just wanted to check out. There was so much pressure. Maybe that describes you that you're, you feel despair. That's ultimate hopelessness where you feel like even checking out in life. And This series is for anyone that is experiencing any of these symptoms today. I'm here to tell you that hope is alive. You can grab it again. You can get something firm back into your life again. Can I just offer you some advice right here though? Never make a permanent decision in moments of hopelessness. Never make a permanent decision in your moments of disorientation where you don't know where you're at. If you're drifting, if you're discouraged, especially if you're in despair, never make a permanent decision of your life, your future, your commitments in those moments of hopelessness. Romans chapter five says this. I love Romans chapter five, three through five. It says, even in times of trouble, here's what we can, we can be confident of this. We can have hope in this. Check it out. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop. Knowing that our, check this out. I just want to sit on this for a moment. Knowing that our pressures are are developing something. Our pressures are producing something. There's development happening. See, God will use the very thing that was meant to destroy us to develop us. Hey, don't quit. This is development. Hey, don't quit. God is using it. Don't quit. This is developmental. Come on, will you just type that? Will you say that? It's developmental. This this trial, this trouble, it's developmental. Sometimes we don't give up because the things that we're experiencing are hard. No, no, no. We give up because we didn't realize that we were winning. Oh, man, we didn't realize that God was turning those things around for good in my life, that God was causing the pressure, that God was causing the pain to produce something inside of me, to develop something. You didn't know that God was using it for development. Come on, somebody say, it's development. This pressure is developing something inside of us called patient endurance. Patient endurance. You know what patience gives you? Patience gives you experience, (laughs) and experience will give you hope. Oh my God, if you knew my God, Oh my! If you knew my God, if you walked with my God, I'm telling you, you would experience, man, you would experience the faithfulness. If you knew my God, you would experience the favor, the glory, the trustworthiness. You would be able to say, no matter what is happening around you, with confident expectation, my God is for me. His word will come to pass. Come on, somebody, give God some praise right there where you're seated, where you're standing, right there online. He says, this patient endurance is going to do something. It's going to refine our character. It's going to produce something on the inside of me. And proven character leads us back to this hope, this living hope. And he says, and this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. It, it's not wishful thinking. It's not, it's not blind optimism. It's, it's not pie in the sky. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives within us. He's living within us. And my goal today, my goal in this series is to give you something that you can grab hold of, man. Is to have you, to, to, where hope doesn't become just an ideology, a philosophy, but something you can hold. On to look at psalm seventy one fourteen again in a different translation But as for me, I want you to say this next phrase right there say it out loud with me ready one two three I will always have hope I will always Have Hope you see hope is not something you think it's not an idea. Hope is something you possess Hope is something you have hope is something that you can hold on to That's what it is there's no sense. The obvious question is like, how then, Jason? You got me excited. Okay, you got me motivated, but how? How do I, how do I grab hold of this? And it, those of you that know me well know I'm passionate about practical Christianity because there's no sense of me you know, telling you about intangible things like joy and love and hope and peace if I can't teach you how to grab hold of it for yourself. And the best way that I can describe it To describe hope and help you grab hold of it is to describe it the way the Bible describes it. Look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. This hope is, is equated, it's identified or defined as an anchor for the soul, something solid that in the middle of the disorientation, something's got a hold on you. It's going to hold you in place that in the middle of the drifting, when the waves are beating against you, when, when you're pulled in a direction, something is holding you in place that when you feel in despair and you want to give up and you want to quit, something's got to say, this ain't going to make me sink. It's this anchor for your soul, firm and secure. So in order to help you grab hold of it today and And help define it what I want to do is is to study with you How to make an anchor work (laughs) And and and, because there are some similarities here I believe that we can learn from the anchor of our soul Hope what you have to do to get this anchor for your soul to work for you. Let me give you three things Today and I hope you're taking notes. I want you to put this deep in your heart today in order to have this hope Here's number one. You have to trust in order to have this hope, hope requires trust. I went to a, a buddy of mine who has a boat, and I got this anchor. This is a 20-pound a, a anchor. I was talking to a boat salesman, and he says that this 20-pound anchor can, can stop in its track something that is six tons. This, this little thing right here. And, and it almost doesn't make sense to me that something so little can be so powerful. That something so little can, can, can stop something so huge. And I thought to myself, that's kind of what hope feels like. That's kind of what faith feels like, doesn't it? Because some of you are thinking right now, I don't know, Jason, are you sure about that? Are you sure it works That way and at some point in order for you to get this to work in your life You're gonna have to do something that I can't do For you and that is you're gonna have to weigh anchor. You're gonna have to trust in god for some of you You've never taken that leap You've never you've never went all in with god Maybe for some of you out there. He's your sunday god You have that kind of relationship with him where where he's a part of your life that he's just a, or maybe even he's he's a little bit involved, but you've never really totally put your trust in him. And I don't know if you've ever thought this, like what would happen? Like what would happen if I just gave God control of my entire life? Life i'm telling you what would happen. You would be unshakable. You would be immovable You would get something solid in your life that no matter what would happen on the outside Something on the inside would be immovable and unshakable This world could be shaking all around you, but you will never move i'm preaching now. Come on somebody. This is solid it's it's an unshakable force in our lives but in order to have that you got to Trust. You gotta believe that this actually works. That's why Abraham in Romans chapter 4, I love how it puts it. He says, against all hope. Like it didn't look good. The odds weren't good. It didn't make sense. It, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And some of you know the story. Like, it's not natural, God. Like this, this, how in the world can this happen? This can't happen. A lot of you know the story. God told Abraham he was gonna be the father of many nations that he was going to have a multitude and they get up to 100 years old and god says all right now it's time i'm gonna make it happen now and and they're like wait is god it's too late it's over it's done abraham and sarah look at each other and they're like our reproductive ability is gone it's shot there's like no way in fact it was so comical that that sarah when she heard that that here it is it's time at 100 years old she actually laughed She laughed because it was just so funny, but Abraham decided that that it doesn't make sense that something 20 pounds could make a big difference in my life, that an anchor of 20 pounds could actually make a difference, but against all hope, Abraham said, I'm going to believe you anyway, God. You've been faithful before, you'll be faithful again. Against all hope, he still believed. And I think that's so huge. And I'm just telling you, you're going to have to battle this your whole life because in the natural, your natural mind is going to say, that ain't going to work. There's no way 20 pounds can make a difference. There's no way that just putting your hope out there like that, your trust out there like that could actually change something. Some of you are facing it right now. Some of you, like there's a battle going on inside of you right now where you're like, yeah, that's right. That's right, pastor. Wait, no, that's not right. How can that work? No, no, it's right. It is right though, but I don't get it. And there's this battle that's happening inside of us even right now. And so, so you have to kind of speak to yourself sometimes. I think David did that. I love how David in the Psalms, he talked to himself. I think that's very smart. You ought to talk to yourself and tell you. Like David was like, hey, emotions, I'm not going to feel Like you're telling me to feel. Hey, thoughts, I'm not going to think the way you're telling me to think right now. Hey, soul, look what he said in Psalm 42. He says, why are you downcast, soul? Hey, why are you so depressed and discouraged? Don't be all depressed and discouraged, soul. Why are you so disturbed? Put your hope in God. He had to talk to himself and take that leap to trust in God. Here's the second thing. If you're going to have this anchor for your soul, you're going to have to do number two. You're going to have to embrace something that is unseen. Because hope is anchored to something that you can't see. Okay? It's, it's, it's one of the things that's got to happen. See, because the anchor, when you, when you put your trust in it and you put it out there, the anchor disappears. <laughs> it, it's gone. It sinks. And then all of a sudden, something else deep down that you can't see grabs a hold of it. See, let me tell you why a bunch of people don't have hope. Because their faith does not make room for the unseen. See, a lot of people don't have this hope because they're not comfortable with something that they cannot see. Something that they cannot touch, something that they cannot understand or comprehend with their mind, something that they cannot control with their own hands or their own energy or with their own intellect. Some of you don't have hope because you can't see it. But I'm telling you, in order for you to get this anchor of your soul, you got to get comfortable with the unseen. Does that make sense? In order for, you got to get comfortable with the unseen in order for you to have this anchor for your soul that's why paul said the secret to this whole thing second corinthians chapter 4 he says look here's the secret our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so here's what we do we fix check it out we fix our eyes not on what is seen i don't get caught up in what i can see but on what is Unseen so that's the secret of it. All Paul says I don't get caught up here in the things I can see I got to fix my eyes my hope my life on the things I got to get comfortable With the unseen for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal You know what one of the greatest hopes in in life is one of the greatest hopes in our life It's the hope that there's an eternal place there's an eternal home for us. For some of you watching, you've had family that are there waiting for you in that home. You've had loved ones that, that have gone on to heaven. And I don't like, I don't like saying like we lost them because we didn't lose them. We didn't lose. I hate when people say we lo- I lost so and so. No, we didn't lose them. If they were in Christ, we just, they're just invested somewhere else. You know, there was a place in the Bible where the disciples were so discouraged They had their tails tucked between their legs. They were just moping and so sad. And Jesus looks at them and he says, hey, don't be discouraged. Don't, don't, Don't be sad. I know it looks bad right now. But he said, I go to prepare a place for you. You know what the ultimate hope is? The ultimate hope is heaven. That's the ultimate hope the Bible calls it the blessed hope in fact one of the messages in this series I'm gonna talk to you about the hope of heaven because that's something that we we can't lose sight of your future That you cannot lose sight of the hope of heaven Titus says it like this in Titus chapter 2 verse 3 while we wait for The blessed hope that's what the Bible calls the return heaven the return of Christ the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ you're gonna have to embrace the unseen in order to have this thing called hope, the anchor of your soul. Here's the last thing. Um, And that is the anchor in and of itself, it has no power. Check this out. Hope in and of itself has no power. It's only as functional. It's only as powerful as that to which it's connected to. See, the real power of hope is in the connection because your anchor can only be as strong as that What to what, you're, to what you're connected and anchored to. See, and I think that what God is maybe revealing this season is that we were anchored to the wrong things. You had your hope. You threw anchor But you threw it out to the pleasures of this world. You threw it out to a relationship. You threw it out to money. You threw it out to your career. And those things are not eternal. They are not stable. They are not unshakable. The hope hope is good for nothing. The anchor is good. Only as good as the thing that it it grabs a hold of. See, I think religion has lied to us, man, to a bunch of us. And I think that it sold us something that's just not true. I think a lot of us have gone to places and heard things like just walk down the aisle, you know, let us baptize you, fill out this card, attend this class, join this church, do this thing. And that is not the connection you need. I mean, those are all okay things, but it's not the connection you need. You say, well, Jason, I did that a long time ago and it's just not working. It just didn't work for me. Look, that is not the connection you need, the connection you need. Real hope, check this out, number three, real hope is found not in a religion. Real hope is found in a relationship with God. That's what you need until you really connect with God, who the Bible calls, check this out, Romans 15. The Bible says that God is the source of all hope. He's the source of this hope that fills us with confident expectation, that that gives us the unshakable, the firm, and the secure. God is the source of hope. And check this out. He'll fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. Then, when you connect to the real source, you'll overflow with hope. It won't matter what's happening around the world. You will overflow with hope. Now, I want you to hear this. Check it out. The only way to know if you have this hope The only way to really know is is when all hell breaks loose, when when the waves come and the storms come, you are firm and secure. Some of us have maybe realized the blessing in the midst of this crisis and pandemic is that really our hope was not in the right place. Our hope was not in the eternal things, in the unseen, we put way too much stock, heart, and hope into the things of this world. And I'm, I'm here to tell you today to encourage you there is a way to stand firm in the middle of the pandemic, there is a way to stand firm in the middle of the crisis. That's why David says this in Psalm 62, verse 5 Find rest, O my soul, in God. Alone. No one can take that from you. No one can take God's promises, His presence from you. Find rest, oh, my soul in God alone. My hope doesn't come from this world. It doesn't come from people. It doesn't come from pleasures. It doesn't come from possessions. My hope comes from God. I put my hope in Him. Final verse Isaiah 40 31. But those who hope in the Lord, Those who who put their hope in him, here's what's going to happen. Those are the people who are going to get renewed. Those are the people that their strength seems not to wear out. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. Why? Because something unshakable, an anchor for your soul, is firm and secure. Maybe you're here listening today. And you don't have this hope, man. Or maybe you thought you did, but you realize in the middle of this talk, in the middle of the pandemic, that you really didn't. And you need to reestablish a firm connection. You need to re-anchor, maybe, to the the only source of real hope that can keep you unshakable and firm to reestablish a connection with God today. If that's you, and you'd love to Make a decision today. I, I would love to pray for you right where you are, man. Right where you are. There's uh, Watching online, if you're on our church online platform, there's a button you can select. If you're not on that platform, comment somewhere. Put some hand emojis. Put Say, that's me. Do, what, do whatever you, make that step right now, that, that declaration right there that you need this hope, that you want to start a new life today. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you shall be saved That's it. That's all you need to do right there. Some of you need to do it again Some of you need to do it for the first time, but right where you are Can I help you make that decision if in your heart, you know it you need to you need to go all in Put your whole trust in God maybe again or for the first time if that's you will you just bow your heads? Close your eyes right there. Will you pray this prayer? Jesus Forgive me of my sins Forgive me of my past forgive me for putting my heart and my hope in the things of this world today I surrender my life I put my trust in you. I'm not gonna trust in this world anymore. I'm not gonna trust in myself anymore They cannot hold me. They cannot keep me firm and secure today I surrender my life to you and I declare Jesus. You're my Lord You're my savior. You're my God come live inside of me and make me brand-new Thank you, God for saving me God. I speak Right now over every person that's hearing that's listening that is experiencing these symptoms of hopelessness the disorientation the drifting the discouragement and the despair God that you would breathe life into us again that hope would come alive, that as the crisis continues to wane on, our praise would grow exponentially, that we would not lose hope, lose focus in who you are, God, and what you have said. We recommit, we recast our anchor to you today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.